millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Bretton Cliff's Flea Circus. I'm Cliff. Hello, and I'm Brett. How are you doing, Brett? I'm okay, Cliff. How are you? I'm all right. We had a week off again. We're not doing very well <gasps> recently, are we? You know what Shit. happened? The pandemic what? ended, didn't it? <laughs> we didn't have all the free <laughs> time anymore. <laughs> We've got other stuff to do now. <laughs> You've got a proper job for the first time. Proper job? I had a proper job before. <laughs> I know, I know. Cheeky. But, Cheeky bugger. But it was you being tired because of your job that we didn't do it last week. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly was. It well, I don't blame was. you. It's a hard, hard old task, mm-hmm. isn't it? Pounding the streets for 12 hours a day. Hey, I have a very serious question for you. Okay. When, when was the last time that you ate a penguin? I think it was, for me, must be about 15 years ago. Really? You could definitely get them in the shop that's downstairs from me at a premium. But I think <laughs> a once, premium penguin. But I think it once I, did, once I was like, you know what? I love penguins. And I'll let you do a little secret after this. So I definitely bought a packet of them, which would be in the last six years. So I've had some in the last six years, but not in the Uh last three. So between three and six years ago. I might go and get myself some penguins. But here's here's what I was going to say. I prefer the puffin. The puffin? Mm -hmm. What's the the puffin? Eh? Well, Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what that is. It's just the Asda version of a penguin. And it's called the puffin and haven't been sued. How can you sue? It's just a different bird. Well, it's it not is even a bird. A, not even a similar bird. <laughs> <laughs> I would sue them. I would. I'm sure somebody try to sue them, especially when they go look. It's the same biscuit and that. Well, inside the and it begins with said, a P, doesn't uh, it? Has a little joke along the seam. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> no, it doesn't have the. Bird. Oh have well, that would have been that would have been too much. Tell you what else joke. I used to like. Just that like digestive biscuit that was covered in chocolate. Like uh-huh. a bar, but it was just a digestive inside, like crushed up. Uh-huh. You ever I have think that? I know what you mean. I used to uh, like I, that. I, I used to love a, a biscuit, but I don't eat biscuits anymore. I don't like pink wafers. I don't like them. Do just like weird, them? aren't they? Weird. Uh, they're very strange. They're not really a biscuit, are they? No, I'd, I, would, I, I would discount them. No, I'd... Uh, Can we I start agree. a campaign to get them banned from the biscuit aisle? Yes, I think, I think we what? should. It sounds like something that would take off. <laughs> should be next to the ice cream, shouldn't it? Uh-huh. It's a wafer. That's where they should be. Mm-hmm. For hey, sure. I've never had it with ice cream. Imagine a scoop of vanilla with a pink wafer in that. Probably I'd look at it in a new life. 
life, life. Yeah, life. yeah. You see, they've incorrectly marketed the pink wafer, haven't they? They've put it in the wrong aisle. Everybody. So, I mean, it, it's it's their fault, is it? That we hate it. To be uh-huh. honest, if you you know the non-chocolate biscuits, mm-hmm. you, do you care about them? Plain, you mean? Just, just like digestives. Uh huh. You mean well, like you know, nice? a, vari- a variation? It's not in its individual wrapper. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's not in its individual. Oh, so like, yeah, a penguin that's has all right. its own wrapper, right? But uh-huh. what about the type of biscuits that's just in a big packet, all bundled together, okay just lying on top but, of each other, like a bourbon? Uh huh, that kind of thing. I don't like them that's, either. You don't like bourbons? No. I don't mind bourbons. Digestive. You always pronounce right. it like that. Always. And I'm not going to change. Not even too by late. you, Cliff. Too late now. <laughs> <laughs> How do you pronounce it? I just don't put as much emphasis on the bon. Why not? Go on, you didn't even have a go. I would just say bourbon. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I call them bourbon. Bo- well, that's fine. It's, I'm, I'm all yeah. right with it. But I would well, expect why extra, I would expect an extra N and E on the N. On the end, if it was like that, would you? Like the well, you're not getting one. <laughs> Gotta have a you're not getting one from me. Yeah, uh, there you go. <laughs> what else have you been up to? I can't think of anything I've done. <laughs> you know, I watched um, I watched the new Hellraiser last night. Was, oh, uh, which I saw was that okay. was on. All right. Yeah, I, it was okay. I haven't seen Didn't the original, obviously. Yeah, the original one is it. Uh, I've only seen it once or twice because uh, it's freaky as fuck. It looks scary. Like it, uh, when I was a kid in video film, I know we talked about it a lot, but obviously horrors uh-huh. were massive in the 80s, weren't they? In the early 90s. Yeah. So there was always a load of horror films, and Hellraiser always genuinely looks scary. Like I know Freddy Krueger, it's a bit pantomime, isn't it? Well, I would have been scared as a kid, but Hellraiser uh-huh. just looked fucking on another level. So I've never got anywhere uh, near it. Is- I mean, the plot of the, the first Hellraiser is uh, a woman brings a man back from the dead so she can shag him. <laughs> oh, I might watch that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's it. I mean, it's all SM, S&M stuff. Is it? Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Like, Clive Barker, is it? Chains and whips. Yes, Clive Barker. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm mesmerized. Gonna I'll, I'll put this candle on and I'm mesmerized yeah. by it. It's right behind you. So you prefer looking at the candle <laughs> and talking to me, do you? Well, that's just fair enough, isn't it? it? it why don't like you... Hey, Cliff, why don't you, you put a little bit of your hair in to see what happens? <laughs> but it looks on your screen, you're leaning like uh-huh. this. It looks like you're leaning on the edge of the candle like bowl. Yeah, but no, it. you didn't. T- did you tell anybody else listening that you had a candle? Or are you just assuming that they know? Well, I put a candle on it right behind you, Brett, and I'm mesmerized. Why have you by done it. that anyway? It's a citronella candle, so there should be no mosquitoes because I always get bitten to fuck whenever I go in from here. <laughs> All right, it's to ward off the, the mozzies, is it? It's not like That's you haven't idea. like started burning Josh sticks. No, but I, I love. I love fire, Brett. I, I <laughs> could happily watch it all day. So yeah. I've reawakened well, something. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right, Arsonist. We we'll all know that. Mm-hmm. I'd love. Oh. I, I would. I think if I was going to be a criminal of any kind, it would be that, it, like a disturbed criminal. Yes. Well, uh, William Baldwin was in Backdraft, wasn't he? He was. Yes. That's he funny, was isn't indeed. It? 
That's a bit funny because <laughs> what we're going to talk about with Daycliff. We're going to talk about the 1993 erotic thriller Sliver, which uh, I mentioned in the last podcast that whenever I see somebody with more than one computer screen, I always yeah. have to be like, oh, Sliver. And Ooh, hardly Sliver. anybody knows what I mean because apparently it's not as famous or well known as I believe it to be. <laughs> Well, if it came out and you're a teenage boy, it would be, Mm -hmm. and you'd be forty. Got a number one, and in the video, Uh it was uh, it was them watching the videos and that, and you'd be forty. What in those black and white videos, uh, weren't there? So we're going to talk about Sliver, 1993. I'll just say a couple of the facts about it before we get into it, because like I said before, I've made some extensive notes. Go on then, let's utilise them. Okay, so the director is Philip Noyce. Yes. Who's also did, before this, Dead Calm, one of my most hated films of all time. Yeah, but the bit where um, that guy rips off um, Nicole Kidman's jean shorts is the (laughs) best bit of the film, isn't it? It's brilliant, that bit. Mm. Good man. I'm not a fan of that film at all. Um, Right. Clear and present danger and Pateway games he did before this. And he went mm-hmm. on to do the criti- critically acclaimed, but I'm 100% sure, 100% boring, Rabbit Proof Fence soundtrack right. by Peter Gabriel. Um, well, I, ha- I haven't seen that. <laughs> and uh, The Quiet American, which I don't know if you've seen that. I think I mentioned it before because it's a Graham Green book uh-huh. based in Saigon. And I stayed at the hotel where it's set and where Green Green wrote it. Uh, right. It's one of my favorite books. And oh, the film is, mm-hmm. it's reasonably good. It's its a, its a classic book. Reasonably good. It's reasonably good. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> That's your review. It's reasonably well, I good. I think it would be crap. Here, it stars Brendan Fraser, and I know he's got a renaissance now, but Brendan yeah, well, yeah. Fraser in a serious role when he was still like a bimbo. And um, he doesn't even have a fat suit on this. Nah, or, and he hasn't got fat. He's he's slim. Right. Um, uh-huh. And uh, Michael Caine. And yeah, it's based on a, a, a writer uh, in Saigon while the Vietnam War is going on. Brilliant book. Uh-huh. And the film's when I say reasonably good, I always expected it to be crap, but I was like, kind of, before I went to Vietnam and went and saw it and stuff, I was like captivated by what it looked like and all of that in the film. So, I was, so I'd recommend that one. Uh-huh. Um, right. So it stars Sharon Stone, fresh, mm-hmm. just one year after Basic Instinct. <laughs> I know. He's in danger See, I mean, of being the... typecasting. <laughs> Well, they've obviously jumped on the band. Well, I think she got two, uh, two and a half mil for doing this yeah, as well, didn't which she? Which would have been which a lot of the time. It would um, have been. William Baldwin. Uh, yes. So, also known as, a.k.a. Billy Baldwin. Um, one of the four <laughs> Baldwin brothers who, at the time, again, early 90s, were massive. Like, they were just a thing, weren't they? Like, the Baldwin yeah. brothers. Even though you know none what? of them actually been in anything good. <laughs> the funny thing is, they're, they're all massive now. Yes, well, yeah, we're all in a different way. <laughs> Have you seen? I was just looking at pictures of them. Their faces are incredible. Oh, <laughs> the faces are exactly the same. 
I mean, like William Baldwin. Yeah, William Baldwin at least looked different, a little bit different than the other ones. Mm. But now he looks exactly the same (laughs) as them all. I don't know how that's happened. Imagine imagine being like, because William Baldwin and Stephen Baldwin are similar, not now. Like William Baldwin has retained semblance of good looks, I think. He's also long-term marriage and all of that. He seems like one of the most stable or the most stable of the four Didn't brothers. he go on Big Brother? Stephen Baldwin did. And yeah. he's like, he's got some kind of right-wing church where people can just send him money. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Baldwin has. Yeah. And you've just said that he's he's the most stable no, of the, the, the Baldwin, The one in this film oh. is the most stable of them all. Stephen oh, Baldwin right, is okay. mental. I see. Right, okay. Alec Baldwin just killed someone. Yeah. Uh, Settled out of court. But he shot the gun that somebody died because of his shot. Can't um, really blame him for that, though, can you? To be fair, uh, I don't know. It's you a murky, can't, no, you it's can't a murky it, business, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think you can. Well, there's but like there stories about all the stuff being all like health and safety being cut, and he was told yeah. not to do it, not to use it, and stuff like that. I mean, I think he was a producer, wasn't he, on the yeah. film or something like that as well? So, so that's I think there's why a bit of, of yeah, and there's probably. If he was just an actor, and he was like, "Oh fucking hell," because mm. he's a producer, there's a bit more onus on him, right? Yeah. And Daniel uh-huh. Baldwin, who just looks like if Alec Baldwin hadn't turned out quite as well. <laughs> but <laughs> well, of course, Daniel, Daniel Baldwin, Baldwin, he's in star. vampires. What? He's in vampires. John Carpenter's vampires. He said. Well, I was going to say <laughs> homicide life on the street. <laughs> 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 well, there you go. He's in that as well. One of the main, <laughs> um, one of the main characters. Now, also, um, uh-huh. Tom Berenger in it, big star yeah. in the late eighties and early nineties, and then kind of off the ball. But I think he was in Inception, which was like the only big. Yes, he was. Um, I, I think he's in Platoon Isn't before this. Yeah, brilliant. He's, uh, I think he nominated for best support actor at the Oscars for Platoon. Wait, that's a couple of years that. before this. Um, uh-huh. He was in the Big Chill as well, like which is, which is great in the eighties. Sniper, he was in Sniper. Um, mm-hmm. I think Tom Berenger, he's he's such a presence. He's he's brilliant. It's a bit overacting in it, but he, yeah. he's like just just disappeared, didn't he? After like he obviously didn't, but from mainstream. I stuff, would say, I would say that it, because I, I'm not a fan, a particular fan of the performances in this film. You might be surprised. Yeah, to know no, I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Tom Berenger's the best. Yeah, I think he is. Person in it. I think he is. Yeah, he gives the best performance anyway. I mean, Sharon Stone is a brilliant actress. If anybody's seen great, Casino, yeah. I think she's great. She's amazing in Casino. Absolutely amazing. But in this, it's like unbelievable. I mean, I know the lines are shit. The, the lines yeah, are absolutely it's, terrible. It's, it's awful. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what one of the one of the lines? It's a post. I mean, you said at the start there, Cliff, that's an erotic th- thriller. Mm-hmm. Did you find it erotic? Uh, no, it's, I it's, did not. It, it, no, it's it's creepy, but it it's is like, creepy. But it kind of there's sex scenes and the sexy talk all the way through, and there's some quite explicit sex scenes. But, but it's not, not even that explicit. But there's a reason why I think. But that you read about that, yeah. But they're they're just not sexy. It's and and again, I think there's a reason why. It's it's like kind of it just makes you go a bit. Ugh, ugh. Mm-hmm. It's not like 
I don't know. And even the noises that Sharon Stone is yeah. making while they're having sex, is it's almost like she's not enjoying it. <laughs> it's like you've got a, a sexy lead actress and a sexy lead man. But uh-huh. it's it's not working. Like it's not working. Like, it's, it's definitely not working. It's not there. Um, it's produced by legendary producer Robert Evans. Um, and I don't know if you've seen the film about him and the book about him. The kid stays in the picture. Absolutely nope. amazing. Should read the book, watch the film. It's superb. Uh-huh. Um, who also was the producer of Rosemary's Baby, which was written by Ira Levin, the same guy who wrote this. Yeah. So it's based on a book by Ira Levin. Um, mm-hmm. And Robert Evans wanted Roman Polanski to film this as well because they're fairly similar in setting and some of the themes and stuff like that as Rosemary's Baby. Roman Polanski. Well, it's in course, a building. It's in a building. And there's some, yeah. there's, there's like, there's the befriending of the guys. There's the die early on. Yeah. She doesn't know what's going on. Um, Polanski at the time, as he still is, not allowed in the USA. Uh, so, but and Robert Evans. So. Still wanted, he was like, that's fine. We can just use a second unit to film it in the US and he can do uh-huh. it from Paris, which is insane. Yeah. Um, it is insane. Yeah. So he didn't do it anyway. The story is. Well, hold on, because you missed one out. Who that is? You've missed the screenwriter guy out. Oh. He was called Joe Estesterhat. Estesterhat. Yeah. He likes wearing hats. And he's done. Pretty much all of the erotic thrillers yeah, from this period that you'd you'd, uh, you'd remember. So Basic Instinct, he did. Mm-hmm. He did this one. Showgirls. And well, have you ever seen Jagged Edge? Because that's probably the best one. Jagged Edge is absolutely incredible. Uh, I, yeah. I remember as a kid, I think it came out in 1985. I remember the video cover of that. It's weird, isn't it? Like I, I don't know if you're the same, but our age, video covers like film video covers like just stay in my head like yeah that, of course. That's what i think of stuff so jagged edge it's like it's like the commodore games isn't it it's the same thing jagged edge and sliver have got very similar like covers and posters the jagged uh-huh. edge was a, a big knife with a jagged edge on one side and in that yeah. r- knife you could see the reflection of the stars or whatever and the rest of it was black uh-huh. this is similar it's a black poster and in the middle is a thin line a sliver and Sharon Stone is like kind of contorted, sexy, I think, at the bottom. And above mm-hmm. her is the building that looks like a knife, uh, like yeah. it's in the shape of a knife, the way it's, the way it's shot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, when that came out again, because the video, I remember being a kid, and I think my mom and dad had some friends over, uh, and they were watching it. Uh, they'd hired it and were watching it. And I remember, you know, when you're a kid and you're like, oh, I want to, I just want to be back downstairs where the adults yeah. are and stuff. I think I sneaked down and caught a glimpse of it through the living room door. And it, it's it's bridges, isn't it? Uh, mm-hmm. There's somebody like sneaking up like behind a door, like what I was doing. And yeah. uh, I was absolutely terrified and I like couldn't get back to sleep. <laughs> I was having nightmares. And stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, Jeff Bridges and Glenn Close, isn't it? Mm. But like it's a, it's a film with twists that actually work. Yes. Unlike this one. Unlike this one, because not, it's just a mess, isn't it? So it's a complete mess. So yes. So Joe, Joe wears a hat. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, 
the director of this was like, we thought we'd just get him in to jump on the bandwagon of him doing this kind of stuff. <laughs> like, uh-huh. but the thing is, well, it got it got rewritten it and rewritten work. and rewritten. Like, didn't it? It was number yeah, one when that's... it came out. Like, it, it yeah, went to the top money. of the box office and made money. But uh-huh. it was like some things like Basic Instinct kind of transcend that pop culture yeah. and become part of cinema folklore well, and pop culture folklore. Whereas this, like, yeah, this I is... remember the screens. <laughs> it, it was like it's fatal attraction before it and, and basic instinct there were the two, weren't they? That kind of kicked off this whole genre, subgenre of uh, of films. But I mean, it, like I say, it still made well, money, but it's it's not a very good film, this at all. And there's no, a lot of reasons not. for that. Partly, you know, one of the reasons which you've just touched on there is the fact that they had to reshoot loads of scenes because they were told by the censors or whatever that would be like an 18 certificate. Obviously, mm. it's going to be. It's a friggin' yep. erotic. But <laughs> like, obviously, the producers have gone, or the studio's gone, oh, I'm not too sure about that. Let's cut like a couple of the, the rude bits out, like penises and stuff like that, mm. to, to try and make a little bit more money. So they've had to cut it up. So much so that the actual killer in the book isn't the killer in the film? <laughs> it, it is a mess. It like it doesn't make sense in places, and it doesn't make sense at the end. Like yeah. you're watching it, being like, the the, the obviously it the ends. Way, it's weird. The end. It ends incredibly, incredibly abruptly. But the uh, the main problem is like the editing. The editing is yeah. shot. It's all over the place. And one of the the main like parts of the film, obviously, is the two main characters meeting. And that is cut up to high <laughs> heaven. They're, they're like, they're, they're talking uh, outside of a lift or whatever. And then it cuts straight away from them being in the lift. <laughs> and it's like, what's going on here? Yeah, there's some shocking choices. It's a weird one because it's it's quite a good premise, isn't it? A woman yeah. moves into an apartment, into a, a fancy new apartment, where it's got all the mod mm-hmm. cons, all the technology, you know, and it's a classic New York apartment block where there's a butler who let, lets you in in a doorman and stuff like that. But there's lots mm-hmm. of surveillance cameras. It's got all, like, yeah, it's modern. Mm-hmm. It's sleek. And she's a successful book editor. And she moves into this apartment. It's perfect for her. But what she doesn't realize is there's been somebody who's died, jumped off, the yeah. uh, balcony, but at the beginning you see it. This lady getting pushed off the balcony, um, uh-huh. and she looks exactly the same as her. She doesn't know anything about this, but people start mm-hmm. saying to her in the building, "Oh, hey, you must have moved into that apartment where that last lived before." That's weird. You look exactly the same as her, and she's uh-huh. a bit freaked out by it, but doesn't really do anything about it. She doesn't. I mean, she gets she gets uh, warned by one of the gentlemen who resides in the apartment mm. this old fella Curious and he character. goes oh i've got i've got something to tell you you know about what what went on but i can't tell you now i'll tell you when i come back from japan he could just tell her he could just say what he wants to say but he doesn't he spends like an age with her and still he's, doesn't he's tell her talking to her he's like follows her he, uh-huh. like, he's got me he follows sure her, her about the shop he follows uh-huh. her about and then he starts talking and he's like, but the thing I wanted to tell you, because it's a bit weird, I've just got to go to Japan. I'll be back soon. <laughs> what? It's, just, it's insane. Japan. 
he unfortunately he breaks his neck in the shower this one <laughs> very soon after but she doesn't <laughs> immediately seem, she doesn't seem faced by that either even she's, though she she's just not met perturbed she's she, just met him he said uh-huh. i've got something strange to tell you uh-huh. but i'll be back soon he gets killed she's just found out the person who lived in her apartment died and it uh-huh. and looks like that there's she looks like that it's just like tell you what i'll do i'll just invite everybody from the building around for a party <laughs> <laughs> who's and then she gets set, sent a, a mysterious telescope doesn't she and yeah, she's not even true. bothered about that who so, sent the telescope oh, i don't know i don't, I don't know, know but it doesn't matter it. does it i'll just keep looking at the people yeah. opposite having sex and that everyone's got a telescope <laughs> these days <laughs> So, so she's not worried about any of the strange goings on, really. She's not, is, she? is it? And I think that's the main uh, thing. Like, she doesn't care or change her behavior or want uh, to find out, like, what's going on. So, all the time this is happening, um, all of these interactions are being interspersed with shots of somebody watching everything on yeah. CCTV. They've got loads of different cameras and they can see everything inside people's apartments in the common areas, when they zooming in on things. Everywhere, in the toilets. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll tell you what this shot remind me of, Cliff. Inspector Gadget. Do you know Inspector <laughs> Gadget? <laughs> the claws watching the telly? Because, mm-hmm. like, it, it, there's a big, like, a, yeah, a yeah. drawback or a zoom out of the, yeah, all yeah. the TVs. And there's just this big chair. Yeah. I expected to see the claw the hand there and stuff, but didn't happen, unfortunately. So you try, like, it's kind of already setting up that, Maybe that weird guy who's going to Japan is something to do with the death because you see somebody mm. wrestle the last off and he's a bit odd, but it's not going to be him. Like, it's definitely not going to be him. It's not going to be him. Then she gets set up to have a lunch meeting with Tom Berenger's character, who's like, Are you, How's your new flat, by the way? Uh, yeah. And it's Martin Landu, isn't it? Which he's in it for like two seconds or something. And he's What's he in it there for? But. But what, why is he there? I wonder how much he got paid. I was mesmerized by his mouth. <laughs> by his mouth, boy. Like, honestly, why? watch your back. His mouth. It's all. It's it's causing crazy. Goes in crazy places. Is he, <laughs> it's, do you yeah. reckon he's on the A's? No, I don't think so. I would I very much doubt it. But uh, you never know. It's just an unusual way of talking. Because <laughs> she's what's her job? I can't remember what her job is. Some kind of editor. publisher. Yes, he's a book editor. That's right. And Martin Landau introduces he's her. Age. He's the to boss Tom Berenger, doesn't he? He introduces mm-hmm. her, and he tries to get her fixed up with, with Tom Berenger. All, people are trying to set her up. There's, there's also like she's been in a bad relationship, which gets mentioned loads at the beginning, and then forgotten. But it doesn't. They never go into it. So no. it's right, like again, there's like interesting premises, interesting things that could cause her to act in a certain way or whatever, or be wary. You would be more uh-huh. wary, not less wary. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it doesn't I'm... really go into those places. It's weird. And as you nah. read about the production of it, they're like changing the script like on the hoof. And sometimes uh-huh. that works. Like there's some films like Beverly Hills Cop where they're changing it like every day, but you've got like a master of improvisation, Eddie Murphy, like coming up with new lines it. and stuff. Whereas uh-huh. here the the script is terrible and it, it much it's like the sex the scenes, the sexy talk and stuff is it's just awful. It's just not good. Well, is it? 
This is an example of the sexy talk gear, Cliff. Um, did you like the brown panties? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's it. And uh, there's another odd conversation in the lift where um, she says, oh, it's pretty warm in here. And then, uh, oh, it's pretty warm down here as well. Yeah. Oh, that's the worst it's just one. Just cringeworthy, horrible. That's stuff. the worst one. She said that like I was like, oh. And it's Sharon Stone, you know. She's, she, you know, she, she could be. I mean, I don't think it's Sharon Stone's fault. I think it's the script, and it? it's just she's like kind of going script. through the motions a bit, like you know, basic. She's thinking I'm getting two and a half million quid for this. I'm not right. Fuck that. But she's also you like, know what I mean? she's just done a better version of this. She's probably like, I can do this one in my sleep, like. Right. Also, apparently she didn't get on with William Baldwin. Yes. You said that there wasn't uh, chemistry, and there's that's no obvious, spot. isn't it? There's not, and apparently she said she wanted what? to film as many scenes as possible apart, which is hard when the <laughs> entire film is about them having a, a relationship. Well, exactly. <laughs> that's what I read as well. And also that uh, in a kissing scene, she bit his tongue so hard he couldn't talk for the whole day. <laughs> 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 I mean, she's done that deliberately, hasn't she? Do you know what I mean? Must have done, yeah, yeah. So it's very 90s, isn't it? At least she wasn't doing anything else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Very 90s, all the technology. That, and it's so on the nose with the shots of the cameras following people around and stuff like that. Yeah. It's just like totally signposted, like everybody's being watched, but not just there. It's like outside and stuff as well. And that, But that's a missed opportunity, isn't it? Because, I mean, you obviously think, of, you know, how things are now. That was a relatively new thing at the time, mm -hmm. but again, they don't really delve into. The, it's just a, it's just like a, a gimmick, isn't it? Well, you said that this guy's watching them. What's like? What's it actually about? Uh, last week, and I said it's about a man who has cam has cameras in people's rooms so he can have a wank. That's that that's, is it, isn't that's it? It, it. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't delve into the, the the sort of the situation of you know is this right or wrong? Only is very it, at the end. Well, not even then, really, because uh, when Sharon Stone discovers the, the man's lay of televisions, right, mm -hmm. she walks out and then she comes straight back in and starts, like, starts having a little you know, watching. joining she's in. Like, she's happy as fuck as well. She's like, probably, there's like one shot of her, like, laughing, like, with it, like, slow motion in <laughs> yeah. her head, like, and crying <laughs> as if it's like the greatest sitcom she's ever seen, or Which whatever. Which is what he says, right? He was like, Yeah, this is life, this is entertainment. But they don't delve into the rights and wrongs of it. No, because there's a bit where he's like, Oh, you see that. He abuses that that stepdad abuses that. That is girl. that is I thought it's put in there as an afterthought, I think, because it was it was like awful that bit. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. But, but where it would be interesting is if all of this preamble was done in half an hour, and then the rest of the film was spent like delving into her reactions and what moral obligation do they have. Okay, she's watching it, but does she step in? Because he's obviously saying, "I don't. I just watch it. I'm not fucking doing out. I'm just watching." But she yeah. finds it out, and obviously, there's a bit where she sees that guy in the lift with the girl, and it's 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 horrible. It's really horrible. It but is because I'm I'm thinking she's going to say something here. She's going to mm -hmm. do something, and she does absolutely nothing. No, so she that's does what nothing. I'm saying. The film could be good if she starts like trying it. Venge get vengeance on, and maybe that's yeah. why this guy's ended up pushing people off, like Bal yeah, that was killing people stuff like that because he's seen these horrible things that they've been doing. Mm -hmm. And you know what? 
maybe that is what the book's about. But that's maybe. not what the film's about because no. he's not the killer in the end. It's Don Berenger. <laughs> <laughs> it's Don Berenger. I mean, uh, why? Why? What's his motive? No, that isn't not. <laughs> no, no motive whatsoever. He's. Oh, I think they say he couldn't get it up. He, yeah, there's one bit where he couldn't get up, so he pushed her up. What about See, the woman? That's, what about yeah, the old crazy. man? What about the woman on this? Couldn't right? get up. <laughs> <laughs> But I think it you're really right. is. I mean, sad. William Baldwin's just so slimy in it. He's just not likable. I don't think he's very no. good. Sharon but Sharon Stone, Stone isn't likable either. She's just a sponge, isn't she? She yeah, doesn't yeah. react to the situations that she's in. Like in Basic Instinct, she's a, a strong, like a femme fatale or whatever. Yeah. But she's now in this. She's just a submissive. Well, talking about what do you think about the music? Make well, mix of tunes. <laughs> it certainly is. First of all, nothing says an erotic thriller like dance music and panpipes. <laughs> Does it? As soon as that's on, you know you're an erotic th- thriller. Obviously, it's the nineties when all Carolina by Shaggy's on as well mm-hmm. in someone's apartment, which she I says, enjoyed. She wants to go to see Pearl Jam. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the, the music's wants- all over the place. It is. It's like modern, it really is. current, contemporary, like chart hits, which you don't normally yeah. find in films. And it's it's weirdly like an MTV video or something, isn't mm-hmm. it? Like where he's watching the the, uh, the the video screens and the surveillance. He's watching all the people. There's always like odd nineties music on mm-hmm. in the background, isn't it? Which is just That's weird. Strange. It Very is strange. odd. Massive attacks in there with that. That's probably the best song. I know that. Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, I was surprised. That's doing a sex scene, isn't it? <laughs> I think it's yeah preempts the sex scene. <laughs> I think. Does he come, <laughs> does he come at her while she's uh, got uh, she's at the telescope? <laughs> he turns does he come up, at her? He turns turns up naked, doesn't he? I think that's one of the full frontal bits that was chopped out. What? Where she's at the telescope? He, he, he accosts he, her there, does he? He rocks up naked from behind, doesn't he? I think. Is that the one? That, yeah, maybe. I don't know. The, 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 the sex scenes are very but There's un- only a couple, isn't memorable. there? Like, you think it's going to be a lot, but there's only a couple. Yeah, it, it, it was no, in no way as rude as I was expecting. Like. No, like, I think there's oh, two... Open. <laughs> I think there's <laughs> two sex scenes and... You know, like you say, they're attractive people, but it's not sexy at all. It's, it really isn't sexy at all. When he I mean, even break, when he's break. he's looking at the surveillance and he's got his hand just just on our breast. <laughs> yes, he has. All, um, <clears throat> with this, I'm going to need to take a break. Right, welcome. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Back after a quick one minute, 10 seconds break. Uh, mm-hmm. Had a little think about Sharon Stone and now we're back. The end of the film is weird. They also, as we touched on last time, shot a scene where the two of them are in a helicopter over uh-huh. a volcano. Yeah. Um, and it was going to end by he just suddenly was like, yeah, I'm going to take you down with us and crashed into the volcano and he didn't know well, whether they survived or not. But they wouldn't yeah. have survived. So <laughs> there's that. It was... It was him admitting the fact that he was the, the killer. Yeah. And Sh- Sharon Stone just going, oh, well, it's fine. <laughs> 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 Akin to the rest of our behavior in, yeah. in the whole film. Yeah, whatever. Then but, it's all right. But, yeah. But they, they did sort of try and shoot that scene, but the actual helicopter did crash. <laughs> and that was part of the, the, the quiz from last week where the, yeah. the fellow and they was lost like all the trapped. He was trapped in the in the volcano crater. Yeah. So they decided not to use that. For well, I think reasons. they lost the footage and just couldn't use it anyway. And obviously, they yeah. didn't work. So uh-huh. they did an ending where he was another ending where he was the killer, and then they did it to the test audiences, whatever. And apparently, yeah. everybody went. I don't understand what the end of this film is. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what that bit was. So they decided to change it. And but the that's end... the thing, though. How can you if you've got if you've got a set idea of a film, right? This is how this this is the killer. You spent Everything. an hour and a half setting it up. I mean, <laughs> you, you obviously you, you can try and take the the sort of attention away from the the person that you know is the killer to try and fool people. There's there's no attempt at any of that, is there? It could be anybody. Mm-hmm. It's fucking Cluedo, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Anybody could be the killer. Yeah, yeah. There's no thought gone into, uh, you know, no. why. So, it was what I liked about it was the when the as a hats and we're like, yeah, we need another ending. And in a day, he gave them five alternative endings. 
What about this one? You, you could just say anything with this film, though, couldn't you? That I could do that. I could do it. You could resurrect the man in the shower, couldn't you? Yeah. He's fake. He's dead. There could be that any kind of number of the people that he watches that realize but, he's watching them. And but the main problem is, Cliff, that this man's watching everything that everybody does. Yeah. So he, he is going to know who the biggest killer is. is. <laughs> that's the main problem of the film what happens at the end is she realises she goes into his apartment looking for him and goes into his room where there's six million dollars worth of cameras and surveillance equipment on show Uh Um, what we haven't said is this chance encounter at the lift where he's like chatting her up after ages he says oh by the way I own the building so mm-hmm. even though they're not showing him as the watcher, it's obviously him because he owns the uh-huh. building. And then a little bit later, you see it's him. Uh-huh. She doesn't know that until she goes into his apartment and sees all of these screens. And he's like, no, nah, man, I'm just I'm just watching all this stuff. Like, don't worry. And, he's, and she's like, and us and in the bedroom and all of this stuff. And you're watching them have sex. And he's like, yeah, do you want to watch it? And she gets into it. And she just uh-huh. isn't outraged. And that's when there's this scene of her laughing and crying and getting sexy and all of this stuff. And he's got his hand on her breast. Um, then he's, she says, did you film it? And he's like, well, obviously. So he must have millions of tapes. Millions. Millions. <laughs> Literally millions of tapes. <laughs> so <laughs> she's all right with it. And then they keep having this kind of illicit saucy relationship where they've got this secret where they're watching everyone all the time and then they're in the room having a little watch of some people once and she sees him in the other room going in a little secret compartment where there's uh-huh. he's hiding some videotapes although cliff it's not that secret is it <laughs> it's it's an it's, it's, it's in his wardrobe <laughs> 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 it's in his wardrobe. I he's, would he's, he's managed. He's managed to keep his uh, room of video screens pretty secret behind yeah. a secret door. Why didn't you just but keep them not, in there? But not his important tape, why would, tapes. But why wouldn't you keep them in there when nobody exactly, knows? <laughs> exactly, keep them in there. That's what he should have done. There's probably like 40 year old boys are doing a better job of hiding video tapes than this guy. <laughs> well, of course there is. Of course there is. <laughs> I think I did a better job back in the day. <laughs> so yeah, so. She sees this and she goes and has a look for the videos when he goes out, plays them. And lo and behold, he does know Naomi Singer who died in the apartment before him. And he and he shagged that other lass who's died in the stairwell as well. So uh-huh. he comes back and he's playing, he's all angry. And in the end, she just shoots up all the screens and he's going mental. Uh-huh. Don't destroy the uh, surveillance $6 million worth of surveillance equipment. So, uh-huh. yeah, so then... But the thing, the thing is, Cliff, that he doesn't let on is that she's just shut the screens and he can easily replace those. <laughs> yeah, the camera's fine. Tape's fine. Yeah. The, the whole recording equipment. That's, all of the, the desk that. with all the yeah. knobs on. Just the fine. screens, that's all she shoots. <laughs> so then they stumble across the film of the man pushing the girl off the fucking thing. Mm-hmm. And he turns around and his Tom Perringer. And he's uh-huh. like, "Oh, I must have, I must have missed that at the time." <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid, isn't it? But like he wouldn't have missed that. No, well, he's been accused of being the killer. 
He would go, uh-huh. oh, and I've got it on camera. It wasn't me. It I wasn't mean, me, and I've got on camera who it was. <laughs> and, and he can zoom in on you anything, know all manner of improbable, stuff. Anything. Improbable things. <laughs> improbable things. Even Sharon Stone, who doesn't know what, how to use the equipment, she's immediately very zooming quick, in. Very things. quick at using this. She's very quick with that. <laughs> <laughs> and to think that he hasn't even checked, bothered his ass. <laughs> To check. People think it's him all the way through. Uh-huh. It could just be like, hang on, I've got a video. I've got a video <laughs> here. It's so, it's so crazy, isn't it? It's so daft. Like, is there, I mean, these people who directed and wrote the film uh, and the book, like, I think we can leave the book alone because we haven't read it and we yeah. don't know what it's like and this film is chopped the fuck. But, I mean, they're, they're, they're decent people. How have they done this? Uh, what's the last line in the film as well? Get a life. Get a, get a life. <laughs> get a life. What? Apparently that what screenwriter the... hated it because uh, he was like, "Fuck!" Like I wrote five new endings and not one of them had get a life in it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, the thing is, right? The, the weird thing about this film, it is awful, right? That one's terrible, apart from Berenger. Mm-hmm. It was quite good, surprisingly. But it does keep you captivated. Like, I, I wanted to know what happened at the end. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Even though th- there's, there's no thought behind it, not the, the, the sort of payoff in the film is like, you know, a damp squib. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? It, 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 you still, it's, it's watchable nonsense. But I'll yeah. never watch it again. No, I think no, no, I'll, I'll, it's not, the only way it, I'll watch it again is if I start another podcast in 15 years' time with somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> which, which could happen. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, I'll never watch it. I mean, not even for the sexy bits, you know. I think I was even, as a teenager, I must have been disappointed by the sexy bits, thinking they're not very sexy, are they? Right. I've got uh, a quiz for you anyway. Should we do the quiz? Right, Come on, it's man. basically based on IMDb's 15 best erotic thrillers, but I would right. I disagree with this list, by the way. But anyway, okay. at number 14, yes, this film. Can you tell me the name of the film that's number 14 on this list? <laughs> no, because right. hey, seemingly I'm looking at a completely different list to you. Because on this list. Cliff, there's not 14. There's actually, I'm still going, I'm still going. Well, there's over 100. Well, I'm looking at an article that is about the 15 best rated films on IMDb. Oh, Otherwise, right. well, you'd, you'd have too many clues. So anyway, I'm going to give you some clues and you can tell me when you think you know what okay. the film is. It stars James Spader. It's directed right. by David Cronenberg. He, he didn't do an erotic thriller, did he? Mm, he very much did. Here's another one. It won the Special Jury Prize at the Cannes Film Festival in 1996, presided over by Francis Ford Coppola, despite getting booed out of the cinema on its screening. <laughs> Was that Showgirls then? No. Who did Verhoeven the Showgirls, didn't he? Uh, yeah. Who did you say did it? You just... Cronenberg. You, you... You did. Oh, oh, you're still giving us clues on the Cronenberg mm-hmm. film. Oh, I see. I didn't quite get it, you see. Uh, well, yeah, still doing it. 
Still don't know it. I don't ever really like Cronenberg. Do people get aroused by watching? Oh yeah, cars. I know what it is now. Yeah, <laughs> the crash. Right, yeah, the crash. It's the best crash. Yes, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. we move on to mm. the film that is number nine out of fifteen on this list with a rating mm-hmm. of six point eight. So I think you can tell that Erotic Thrillers don't get very good ratings. So even the ninth best one is only rated 6.8 on IMDb. Right. Um, Not even the Channel 5 ones with Gene Simmons' wife in. <laughs> they're all 10. They don't actually count because they're too good. <laughs> um, exactly. <laughs> um, it stars Al Pacino. Mm-hmm. Right. It's from 1989. Right. Ellen Barkin. Is the lady? Yeah, is it? It's not called Benny and June, is it? I'm thinking of a different. No, one. that's. Really, <laughs> I think that's Johnny Depp where he plays a slow character. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is Ellen Park the one who testified in this trial? Is, yeah, is that why I'm doing yeah. that? Um, he's on the trail of a serial killer who chooses mm-hmm. her victims by putting lonely hearts ads in a newspaper, and he tries to. Uh, track catcher by putting one in but just falls for her instead um no, I, I don't know this it's one sea of love it's one of the best ones sea of love Probably yeah higher that's... than nine in my opinion but anyway right okay well i didn't get that one um we're moving on to number five in the list from 1980 right. before the erotics will boom many would say mm-hmm. it's got a rating of 7.1 it's called Dress to Kill. You ever heard of this one? Is yes, I've heard of this one. It's Brian De Palma. Mm-hmm. The voyeur. The voyeur, Brian De Palma. And it's it's about a lady who goes to see a psychiatrist and talks about how her husband can't get it up, but then ends up having an affair with a psychiatrist. Who is the sexy psychiatrist? Can you work this one out? Is that Michael Caine? It is, but I think you're Googling stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. How could I be Googling stuff? I don't have that functionality. Michael Caine, of course. Ironic to love with Michael Caine. <laughs> uh-huh. um, we Look, move on. The, the dogs come in with clothes on. What? Dogs. Victorian Alfie. clothes. No. <laughs> Where is he? It, What's it, that? It, He's dressed as Santa. It's a hoodie. They've dressed the dog in a hoodie. <laughs> Why are you in here? Why are you in here? Go lie down or something. What's that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. The dog came in. Right, you know on, what? Go. Okay. We'll move on to perhaps the greatest. Uh-huh. And it's from 1999. I'm going to read you the description and you can Uh tell us what film you think it is. Right, okay. After his wife Alice tells him about her sexual fantasies, William Harford sets out for a night of sexual adventure. Without her, I would add. (laughs) Um, (laughs) After several less than successful encounters, he meets an old friend, Nick Nightingale, now a musician, who tells him of strange sex parties where he has to play the piano blindfolded. All the men are not are costumed and wear masks, while the women are young and beautiful. Harford 
manages to find an appropriate costume and heads out to the party. Once there, however, he's warned by someone who recognizes him, despite the mask, that he's in great danger. He manages to extricate himself, but the threats prove to be quite real. Well, it was the mask thing, I think, where I got it. Is, is it and I also, I haven't seen this film, if it is correct. Is it uh, eyes wide shut? It is. You haven't seen it? No. It's brilliant. I haven't seen it. You've it's, said that it's, it's brilliant. Like, absolutely brilliant. You've said before. It's weird, obviously. Mm-hmm. Pervy. But yeah. it's also good because it's Kidman and Cruz and it's like real life playing out on a film that, that like Kubrick's <laughs> mate, like totally fucking them up. <laughs> <It's so good. laughs> oh, well. It, well, if it's them two being uh, messed with, I might watch it then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't realise the blindfolded pianist was called Nick Nightingale. Quite nice Nick name. Nightingale, exactly. I think um, there's a character on the game Fallout with a very similar name. It was a robot. Before uh, yeah, I get the music on, Cliff, we, we had uh, a bit of sad news in the family this week. Uh, Lisa's cousin um, sadly passed away. And uh, he loves this podcast. He loves this podcast. He used to send us sort of messages every week about, like, you know, or oh, used to and stuff like that. I love listening to you. So, sadly, he passed away this week. So, Lee Wilson, this this podcast is, oh, man, uh, I'm is really dedicated sorry to, hear to that. you. That's awful. Yeah. I'm sorry I didn't know. Like it's... No, no, it's, that's, that's okay. But you, you, I think you always want to come on as well, you know. But we never got the chance to sort of invite him on. But this no. one's for you, Oh, Lee. that's a shame. Well, definitely for you, Lee, and uh, condolences to Lisa and everyone. That's sad news. Yep. Should we have some electro music? Electro music, yes. Uh, we do have a bit of electro music uh, this week, don't we? Mm-hmm. From Narcissus. Narcissus, yep. Narcissus. <laughs> Is that a Liverpool band? <laughs> do you think? <laughs> From Manchester. From Narcissus. Yeah, if you say so, Cliff. If mm-hmm. you say so. I've, I've done my research this week, I told you. The Narcissus, three-piece electro band from Manchester. And there's two versions of this song. One's got swear words in and one hasn't. You which decide one which one I'm going to play. Swear words. Definitely pick the swear words yes, one in. Definitely. Um, I uh-huh. think it's really good. Uh, it is so I'm good. I'm glad we've got this one and they've got a new album out as well. So check that mm-hmm. out, Narcissus. I'll put the link in the description. Well, sad news about Lee. Mm-hmm. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Go and watch. I'm sure Slipper he would have enjoyed. I'm sure he would have enjoyed the chat about the the slipper. So there you go. Well, and he okay. would have enjoyed the music as well, wouldn't he? Yeah. Right. Well, see you later, and until next time, when we'll it's your choice. I think next time something more sensible. We'll see you. It, yeah. <laughs> see you later. Bye bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow-up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Undaria Algae Body Oil and Undaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.